Side Hustle Show 318. This is Pinterest marketing for 2019 and beyond. What's up? What's up, Nick? Loper here. Welcome to the Side Hustle Show. Because doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results is insanity. And yet, that's kind of what I've been doing with my Pinterest marketing efforts for quite some time. The tactics shared on this podcast in late 2015 by Rosemary Groner from BusyBudgeter.com were extremely effective for a while. But I began to see declines in traffic. And today, Pinterest brings in maybe a quarter of the visitors it used to. Still, I'm convinced I could be doing better on the platform to reach more people and help more people with my content. And that's essentially what Pinterest is, a search engine for content, much more than it is a social network. And just like Google, a top-ranking pin can bring in consistent, qualified traffic month after month after month. But also like Google, there's a certain science to the Pinterest algorithm. And so to help me breathe new life into my account and walk through how you can do the same, even if you've never used Pinterest before, I invited Kate All from simplepinmedia.com to join me on the show. She's a sought-after expert on all things Pinterest marketing. And today, she'll break down everything I've been doing wrong and what you and I should be doing instead to start reaching more people and driving more traffic. Pinterest, by the way, has 250 million active users and male users are their fastest growing demographic. Little tidbit for you. Lots of juicy stuff in this one. I took a ton of notes and I'm already implementing these new tactics. You'll find links to all the resources mentioned at sidehustlenation.com slash Kate, K-A-T-E. And while you're there, be sure to download the free PDF highlight reel with all of Kate's top tips from the call. We begin this conversation with Kate with the is Pinterest right for me question. Like if I put in the effort, if I follow these steps, am I really going to see results in my business? Kate's answer to that coming right up. And I'll be back with my top takeaways from the call after the interview. Ready? Let's do it. There's a few things I always tell people right off the bat. Number one, do you think that the Pinterest user would purchase your product or consume your content, click on your affiliate links? And that really goes back to who your avatar is. And the Pinterest user is definitely in search and discovery mode. A lot of people have said for a long time it was predominantly women, which it still is, but men is by far the fastest growing demographic. So don't throw that out completely. And don't just think of it as a place for recipes and DIY. The other thing that you can do is you can go to pinterest.com slash the word source, S-O-U-R-C-E slash your website. So for me, that would be pinterest.com slash source slash simplepinmedia.com. And that's where you can see what everybody's pinning from your website. So I like to take people here to show them, are people already saving your ideas, your content onto Pinterest? And if they are, that lets you know that Pinterest is definitely a place that you should be. A lot of people ask me about like brick and mortar stores. And I have seen every kind of business on Pinterest, a paver company that sells pavers. I would say like... Not every business is going to work. I don't know if my dentist should necessarily be on there because he is targeting more locally, but I know Pinterest is working hard at trying to target locally as they grow in the future. But for right now, I would say if you are brick and mortar and you're targeting hyper, hyper local, at least have a profile for sure. At least get your name, get your profile 
But that might be the only case where I would say, I don't don't know, it's on the line. But everybody else, absolutely. It's a search and discovery network. I think you should be on there. Fair enough. Well, let's say that we are one of those people who should be on there. What's our next first step in setting up our account the right way? The next first step is to think about creating your profile to represent what you're about, to basically brand it. We start by picking a profile name. For you, you have side hustle is yours. There's only 14 characters you can use in the URL. So if you have a longer name, so mine actually just fits Simple Pin Media, but if you have longer, think of shortening it in that URL, but then you can, in the profile name, write it fully out. So you have side hustle nation. Then you want to choose a profile picture that's obviously consistent with everywhere else that you have on other social platforms so people can identify you really quickly. A lot of people will ask me, should I put my logo or my face? Your face would have been something we would say probably three to five years ago you should do. But now if you have a logo that people more regularly recognize you based on logo, then definitely go with that. Because there's a lot of people crossing over from Facebook and Instagram. And so we want to create that continuity. The other thing is to then describe what you do. You have a great description, exploring legit ways to make extra money, start a business, work from home. These are great descriptions that have keywords in them. So make extra money, work from home, you even have passive income in there. Keywords are what make Pinterest work. It's how the Pinterest user finds your content, finds your profile, And it's how Pinterest understands what their particular users are searching. So if we can put your keywords in your description, in your board names, that is the best place to try to match up with your ideal avatar or person. You can also convert to a business account, business.pinterest.com. You can just go there. It'll automatically convert you. I think you say join now and it goes through the process. They basically want to know your business name, your address. It takes probably four to five minutes. And then you get access to analytics and you get access to their promoted pins, which is their paid advertising. Okay. And that's what I was going to ask if it makes sense to set it up under, I guess, a personal brand or personal name or the name of your business. So I have Side Hustle Nation, you have Simple Pin Media rather than Nick Loper or Kate All. Yes. So it definitely makes sense to do it as a business. And the reason being is that, again, we want that brand recognition. So I always take Starbucks as an example. Like people knew Howard Schultz was the one who started Starbucks. He's not going to put his name on there. He's going to put Starbucks names on there. And granted, we're dealing with like a big, big company. But we want to use that same logic that Side Hustle Nation is something that people might search to find your content. Simple Pin Media is something that people might search instead of Kate All. One of the bits of advice we were given in the past was if you're a guy, make sure you have your wife or your girlfriend in your profile picture, given that the audience is primarily female. Do you think that matters anymore? I don't, actually. We have several men or men-targeted type of businesses that we've worked with, and we've never, ever had to do that. It's been something that people have engaged with their content, know who they're about. I just don't think it's relevant anymore. Okay. So I noticed your title is Simple Pin Media, but I feel like I've seen others where that title goes on a little bit longer. For example, Simple Pin Media, Pinterest Marketing Services or something like that, like to add a subtitle or more keywords into that main, like the name of the account. Yes. The past two years, you were able to do that. In fact, I used to have Simple Pin Media dash Pinterest Marketing and Management 
but Pinterest shortened the amount of space that you have there. So it cuts it off. So you're not allowed to have that anymore. Okay, got it. So instead of putting the keywords in the title, put the keywords in the description instead. Yeah, exactly. That's where you're going to be able to get the keywords on your main profile, just because they keep shortening it. And it could be because of mobile usage. They just don't have a lot of room on their mobile platform. So that's why we keep seeing the limits. Does converting to a business account afford you any other benefits aside from eventually being able to run ads? The analytics are actually really good at telling you what pins are getting the most engagement. So we look at that. They have something called audience insights. They're pretty early within the last six to eight months. But you can look and you can see what the categories and interests are of your audience, what the percentage is, and then even see some keywords that are included in each one of those categories. And this is basically... Pinterest doesn't have like Google AdWords tool. You know, Google has the AdWords and ways that you can see what people rank for. Pinterest has that within the platform inside the analytics. So when we go in there, we want to pay attention to what are some of the keywords that are coming up in this list and use those keywords in our board names, our board descriptions, and our pin descriptions. So having this access to analytics via a business account is super duper helpful for you to figure out what people are searching as it relates to your niche. Okay, interesting. There's a software idea for any developers out there. Build the keyword research tool for <laughs> yes, Pinterest. Please do. But in the meantime, we'll make do with this analytics access. So let's dive into that board setup. So after we've created our account, right now we've kind of got this naked account with no pins, no boards. What would you recommend for someone to do next? So I would recommend, especially if you're just starting out, aim for 10 boards that match up with the type of content or the type of products that you are creating and be very specific on the names of those boards. And the reason being is that Pinterest algorithm and the way that it works, if someone on Pinterest pins something from best business ideas on your board then Pinterest sees that as an indicator that this person is interested in best business ideas. So then as they come onto the platform later, they might suggest more pins from this specific board. The reason you want to be specific is that let's say somebody pins something from your particular board that's entitled women's fashion. That's very broad. But if you have something titled women's fall fashion, the opportunity to further connect with this user because they've pinned something that's related to fall fashion. Next week, Pinterest is going to show them more that's related to fall fashion. That increases our chances of engagement with people on the platform. So that being said, when you go through your 10 boards, be really clear about the names. So for me, my account has a lot of interesting names to it that I started out with that I might actually change now. But some of the very specific ones that I have towards the top are Pinterest marketing tips for bloggers, Pinterest tips, pinning strategies, social media tips. I'm going to think of what all of these types of boards can be and really be thinking, am I going to create content for it? Obviously, I'm going to create a ton of Pinterest marketing content. So I want to make sure that I have boards around those specific titles and searches. Here's a quick tip. If you go to the search bar on Pinterest, this is another place where you can get keyword ideas and the names for boards. So if you don't know what to search, let's say I'm typing something about Pinterest. If I search Pinterest, what it automatically does is gives me their search prediction. 
And for me, it goes straight to Pinterest fails because people are searching those. But Pinterest marketing is in there. So I can see, okay, Pinterest marketing is a thing that people are searching. And if you type it in and you don't see anything come up, it means that there's not a lot of people searching for that. So you want to choose a different name for your board. Okay, gotcha. So I could see these in a way aligning with maybe your blog categories. So if I have a freelancing board, a self-publishing board, a blogging board, a how-to-do-e-commerce board, something like that. Yes, exactly. And even when I type in self-publishing, what comes up is self-publishing books, self-publishing on Amazon, self-publishing children's books. You can see how it goes even deeper, how you want to be very specific because somebody's searching, how do I self-publish on Amazon? And if you have a ton of content around that, then definitely name your board self-publishing on Amazon. And that means everything in there, all the things that you're pinning, will also support that board title. Okay. And looking at my profile right now, I can see how I'm screwing this up. Some of these <laughs> some of these have decent names. I have best business ideas. I have money-saving tips. That looks it goes off the screen. It goes too long. And I have productivity tips and hacks, which I think is okay. But there's only a total of seven boards here. So I need to beef that up and give them some better names. Like this week's SHN faves, Pinteresting, like nobody's searching for that stuff. So getting a little bit more strategic about those initial boards. I'll also say in the best business ideas, you have what's called sections. And this is something that Pinterest created for the user, not necessarily the marketer. And the reason they did this was because the user kept asking, especially those who have been on there the eight, nine years that Pinterest has been around. They said, I have all these boards with 3,000 pins and I can't find my pins easily. Can you create sections? And so they created this. What's interesting about it is we haven't, it's not necessarily a factor into search yet. So under your best business ideas, what I would do is actually take and create, you have affiliate marketing. I would actually make affiliate marketing a board and move all that whole section over to the board and get rid of it. The same with software and apps. These are good names that you can expand upon into boards which hold more SEO power than they do as a section. Sections just don't make sense just yet for SEO. They may down the line, but as we see it right now, they don't hold a whole lot of weight. Your board title is going to be much stronger. Okay, that makes sense. Did you know that roughly half of Side Hustle Nation hasn't started their side hustle yet? If that's you, I get it. Starting and building a business is tough. It takes more than just an idea. There are tons of moving parts, and it's a bit like trying to assemble your airplane in the middle of takeoff. Thankfully, our sponsor, Taylor Brands, is helping Side Hustle Show listeners make that leap and make it all a lot easier. Their comprehensive platform guides you through every step, making sure you have everything you need all in one place. Think of it like your behind-the-scenes partner for things like LLC formation, licenses and permits, getting an EIN, setting up your business bank account, bookkeeping and invoicing, insurance, logos, trademark protection, and a lot more. Taylor Brands helps you handle it all seamlessly. And to get you started, Side Hustle Show listeners get 35% off Taylor Brands LLC formation plans when you use our link. That's taylorbrands.com slash side hustle. Taylor Brands, like a tailor for your clothes. T-A-I-L-O-R-B-R-A-N-D-S dot com slash side hustle. Start your business journey today with the help of Taylor Brands. 
When you're hiring, it feels amazing to finally close out a job search and hit the ground running with your new hire. But what if you could get rid of the search part and just get matched with qualified candidates? Well, now you can with our sponsor, Indeed. It's simple. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. The matching and hiring platform is trusted by over three and a half million businesses worldwide to connect with great talent faster. And 93% of employers agree that Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites. For my next hire, I'm using Indeed to tap into a talent pool of 350 million unique monthly visitors. And what else is cool is Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences. So the more you use it, the better it gets. And how about this? Side Hustle Show listeners get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Just go to Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show right now and support our show by saying you heard about Indeed on this podcast. Indeed.com slash Side Hustle Show. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. How about the board description anything to be aware of or strategies there yeah the board description from what we've seen in a lot of our history in the data doesn't hold too strong of a role in the algorithm but you do at least want to have one to two complete sentences with your keywords just to maybe tell the algorithm what the board is about but we find that the board names and the pin description hold more search weight than the board description does. But you still want to for sure fill it out and then make sure you categorize each board. Your board cover images tend to look very nice. (laughs) So I'm curious how you are pulling those in versus what I see on mine. It looks like it's just kind of pulling a jumble of recent pins. Yeah. So what you have to do is there's a little pencil next to the name. So you'll click on that and you'll see cover and next to it, the box change. When you click on that, what you want to do is you want to scroll through to find a picture without words. And that creates kind of a cleaner image. And you select that because Pinterest defaults to the multi-image look. So once you go through and just select a pin within the board that maybe doesn't have text, it'll just change the cover. But I wouldn't recommend custom covers or creating your own covers. That's like a lot of useless work that people don't need to do. Are you populating these boards with your own content, other people's content, or a combination of both? So mine is a combination of both, but more heavily reliant on my own content. The reason for this being is that Pinterest told us this last year that they want more of your quote unquote fresh content. So they want you to be pinning your content onto your profile and they're not as concerned about you pinning other people's content. There was a theory a couple of years ago that kind of came out of a small one-liner in a Google Doc that Pinterest had published back in 2013 that lent to this idea that reciprocity or pinning other people's content would weigh heavily in their algorithm. And they came out this year to actually say that's not true. You could pin 100% of your own stuff. You just want to be aware of user experience. So you don't want to be pinning the same thing over and over and over again because that's not a good user experience. So if you have enough content, two, 300, 400 posts, you could probably withstand pinning 10 of your own pins per day and be totally fine because you can rotate through it. If you don't have a lot of content, then I recommend maybe five pins per day and doing two of other people's, three of your own, or 
even if you only have a couple pieces of content, it's okay to pin other people's stuff just to get the boards full and curated of good content. But there's definitely no trick as far as how much of other people's and how much of your own. Okay. Is there a minimum number of pins you would want to see before making a board on this topic? Or I just really want this board title, but I don't have the content to fill it up yet. Yeah, I would say try, let's see, with your 10 pins, I would probably put about 10 pins on the board, like just starting out, just to have some that's there. We've even gone as little as five, but as long as you have a board cover you can choose from and it looks like there's pins. I think to the left, they used to show a couple of, yeah, you'll see two pins on the right next to the big picture. So at least you want to have four so that when somebody clicks on it, there's at least something. A full row's worth of content. Okay. Yes, exactly. Okay. So that's kind of the board setup, the descriptions and how to seed that content. Is it okay to post the same pin or the same blog post to multiple boards if there's some overlap in the category? Absolutely. Yep. You can definitely do that. We do recommend that you space a little bit of time out in between them because when a user hops onto your profile, it defaults to overview and the overview will go down into latest pins. So the goal is not to have more than like two side by side so that it doesn't look like you're pinning the same pin. And I've experienced that where I've hopped onto people's profile. I go to latest pins and it's like 20 of the same pin. You don't want to do that. Okay. Okay. Fair enough. Yeah, I'm looking at mine. I was like, I knew mine looked like that for a while. It does not look like that anymore. So that's good. Good. And then, so the first board, and you can rearrange these and drag and drop like however you want, right? Yep. Okay. The first board that I have is like the best of Side Hustle Nation board. Is that still relevant to have or how do you recommend to like showcase your best stuff? Yes, I would say take off best of and just have Side Hustle Nation. There's no reason really to have the best of because people are going to be searching Side Hustle Nation and we want them to find this content. So yes, for that, I would even for you have Side Hustle Nation podcast. And then you could also put your content in there too, but you're kind of optimizing for both. And then you want to be thinking about if you have any other component to your brand. So if you have a product that you're known for or a course, or you have a ton of content you're writing that supports this particular element of your brand, I would definitely have a board devoted to that. Okay, okay. I'll, I'll percolate on what that might be. Now, below those handful of personal boards that I have, I've got a ton of group boards because this was the strategy back in the day. Join a bunch of, even if you don't have any followers, it doesn't matter. Join these group boards that have thousands and thousands of followers, pin your content there. All of a sudden, you can get this traffic and exposure. And it worked amazingly well for a long period of time. Group boards today, are these doing anything for me? No. Mm -mm. (laughs) So here's here's a little, (laughs) I know. So here's a little bit of what I want you to think about, because I noticed you had a ton of group boards too. So one of the things that we look at is Pinterest actually has said they are not a big fan of how group boards have been used. And it was originally intended to just be one, two, three collaborators, people sharing ideas. It was not intended to get to these thousand or three thousand. So what we have seen over time is that boards that have a ton of contributors, I would say over 10, definitely when we're getting into like 300, 400, 500, those do not perform well at all. And they're not really advantageous for you Because of what I was talking about before, that if a user engages 
with one of your pins on a group board, they're more likely to be served up somebody else's content from that group board in their smart feed instead of yours. Whereas if you have your personal boards, you have a greater amount of your own content. You have a little more control of what's on there. And with a group board, you don't have any control over that. So we want to look for group boards that fall into these. These are kind of my rules for group boards. Number one, less than 10 contributors. And preferably, you know those 10 contributors. You support all the content on there. The pins on there are very Pinterest friendly. They're they're good at serving the user. Number two would be the name of the board. So you have one called Mom Bloggers. That doesn't really tell me a whole lot. And it also is probably not a term that people are going to be searching in order to be matched up with your content very well. So the name of the board needs to be very specific. One of them here is like make money from home. Okay, that's a good one. But then we want to take it deeper to say how many contributors does it have? It has 10,000 pins on it. Do I love all the pins on there? Probably not. The third reason we want to move away from group boards and into our own personal boards is back to what I was talking about with the algorithm, is that you're more likely to have people engage with your content, your boards, if you own them and you control what's on them. So having more of a balance of personal boards is going to get a greater return than so many group boards. And what we've seen over time is that people who heavily rely on these group boards, their traffic tends to decrease over time. And their profile engagement also goes down as well because there's not any of their pins being pinned to their own personal boards. That being said, I like to aim for no more than 10, 20% of my overall boards being group boards. I rely on them hardly at all. I do have some group boards on my profile, as you'll see, but those are mostly for our clients And we find places to put them, but we control what happens on those boards. And there's a very low number of contributors as well. So those are the things you want to think about with group boards. They are helpful if you are new at connecting with other content creators or sellers or anybody in your industry. But I would not join any group boards that are large or don't have a good name, or you just think the pins on there are pretty horrible because... Some of them are. And some people can get marked as spam too. If a user marks an individual on there as spam, there is a likelihood that your profile could be marked as spam. It's very slim, but we just like to tell people that it's a risk. Okay, so instead of the group board make money from home or ways to make money from home, I should ax that one if it has a thousand contributors and just set up my own personal make money from home board. Yeah, exactly. Because here's the other thing that you can do. Because you have an audience and you most likely have an email list, in your email, what you can do is say, number one, hey, everybody, I'm on Pinterest and go follow me. Or if there's something you're talking about specifically as it relates to making money from home in an email or Instagram or Facebook or wherever, you can say, hey, go check out my board, how to make money from home. I've curated a bunch of great ideas and articles. Head over there, follow the board, read some of the articles, let me know what you think. And this engagement from your audience coming from your email or Facebook elevates your profile and elevates your pins to Pinterest that they see, oh, people find this, they're finding this useful. We're also going to show it to more people. That audience engagement is a really, really strong factor. Oh, okay. Kind of giving the algorithm a little bit of a nudge there. Yes, exactly. Okay. Do the number of followers on your account really matter? That was the big appeal of 
the group board thing was like, it didn't matter how many followers you had. I know it was so true. And that that was the huge appeal because you could join this group board that had a ton of followers and then you would be able to get in front of their followers. When the algorithm changed to be more, to be the smart feed, to be more keyword and interest based, the user then primarily operates in search or their home feed. They're less likely to go to a profile. It's in fact, really, really small. And so that's why we really want to focus back on really getting those keyword-rich pin descriptions, keyword-rich board titles, because that's where they're going to engage with you. And truthfully, a lot of Pinterest users don't think about following people. I mean, it's it's not something that they first think about unless they know them from somewhere else. In fact, people I've met or talked that just use Pinterest regularly, they'll tell me like, I don't even know how to follow people. And so that being said, we did a study a couple of years ago where we wanted to see, does the number of followers translate to the number of traffic in sessions or page views? And it didn't. Somebody who had 50,000 followers could get the same amount of traffic as somebody with 10,000 followers. It was all a matter of how smartly they had keyworded their pins to be able to show up in places that generated more clicks. Okay. Hey, entrepreneurs, we know that anyone with a side hustle loves finding new ways to save. So if your business takes you on the road, sign up for a free membership with Hertz Business Rewards. Work trips, client meetings, industry conferences with Hertz Business Rewards, you'll save at least 20% every time you rent a car. And you'll save on more than just the daily rate. Members earn credits redeemable towards free rental days. It's also free to add an additional driver if any additional coworkers come along. And for those Gen Z entrepreneurs out there, no young renter fees. Plus, sign up for Hertz Business Rewards today and earn three times credits during your first 90 days. So whether you're traveling for a side hustle or a main hustle, join for free at Hertz.com slash business rewards. Applies to base rate, taxes, fees, and options excluded. Additional terms and exclusions apply. Visit Hertz.com slash business rewards to learn more. If you travel a lot for work or for vacation, you might be familiar with that feeling you get knowing you're leaving your space unused for long periods of time and you're still paying for that privilege. But hosting on Airbnb means you don't have to leave your home sitting empty when you're away. Being an Airbnb host isn't just a way to earn some extra cash. It's a chance to share your space and make a guest's vacation all the more memorable. You might be thinking, eh, maybe my place isn't the right fit, but don't write it off just yet. Your potential Airbnb might be right in front of you. Whether it's a spare room or even your entire home, there's an opportunity waiting. Airbnb turns your home into a practical and even profitable venture. We just got back from a family trip to Hawaii where we stayed in a great Airbnb, but our place back home could have been a highlight to somebody else's travels, and we could have used the extra cash to help pay for the trip. So if you're curious about hosting on Airbnb, find out how much your space could be worth by visiting airbnb.com slash host. Once again, that's airbnb.com slash host. Well, let's dive into that a little bit then, you know, setting up your pin images and titles and descriptions for results. So where do I start there? I guess just look at some of yours for, for inspiration here. But for somebody new, the title is pulling from the blog post right? Yes. There's something here that we didn't talk about. We kind of skipped over it. And that is this concept of rich pins. And this is something you can easily get by just Googling rich pin validator. And what you do is you do have to add some metadata. And I'm going to admit that I'm the least person to give advice on any HTML code at all. 
But this particular thing will walk you through how to set up the rich pin. And what that does is underneath the pin image, there'll be a bolded title. And that is the rich pin that pulls in the post title, like what you're talking about. But then below that would be a pin description. And I use WordPress. So when I describe this, it's using that platform. But you want to complete the pin description of your post. So let's take 10 creative side hustles that make real money. If you're writing that post on your site and you insert this picture there or any other pinnable image, in the image attribute, you can put it, some people put it in the title, some people put it in the alt text, but that's a little controversial just because of the Google thing and alt text and stuff like that. But you can put in two sentences. You can even put in three, but it has to be two to three complete sentences with keywords in them. So that is what Pinterest is going to pull when somebody pins your pin. And that's going to be the thing that they read first when somebody's searching for something. So somebody searches side hustles, Pinterest crawls wherever, they see that you have a pin and in the pin description is 10 creative side hustles that make real money. Oh, I can serve up this to the Pinterest user so that they can read it. I feel like I give a lot of information in there that might have derailed people. So are there any questions you have about that? Okay, so the title is pulling from the blog post after I enable rich pins, which is open to everybody. Right. And then so I need to write a two-sentence description of what that post is about. I believe Rosemary Groner gave us the advice before to write that description from the standpoint of a raving fan. Like, OMG, I can't believe I found this. It's so awesome. And if I can work in my keywords to that excited-sounding description, great. But it was more like this sales pitch, like trying to compel somebody to click. Yes. So you can still do that for sure. The important part is that you just write the two sentences with keywords in them. The reason being is that you actually don't see the pin description anymore in the home feed. You just see the rich pin title. So that being said, you really want to write more for the algorithm than you do the user just because they don't see it anymore. Okay. Makes sense. How about hashtags in the pin description? Hashtags are new by about 15, 16 months, and Pinterest has run lots of different regulations over this year. So I'll say where they're at right now is they would tell you one to two hashtags and to make them very, very connected to what the post is talking about. So if you have a post talking about dogs, do not use the hashtag cat. You definitely have to stay within what the post is about. Whereas like on Instagram, you might go a little bit outside the niche and say something about cats, even though it's about dogs. Pinterest does not want you to do that. They want you to keep it very simple, very clean. And there are no studies just yet as to how hashtags work on the platform. So it's not a deal breaker if you don't use them. But if you do want to incorporate them, it's one to two. Okay. And where in physically where I'm putting that description, you said the title of the image after I upload it to WordPress or the alt text of that image. Correct. Yes. Now, I want to say I'm putting that in through the social warfare plugin. Like there's a specific field for Pinterest description. Yes, that is also something that you can use. I use social warfare for a long time. I now use a plugin called Tasty Pins, and that also does add a Pinterest text description. If your plugin that you're using adds that, definitely use it. 
Okay, Tasty Pins. This is Bjork and Lindsay's software? Yes. Okay. Mm-hmm. Any advantage of that over Social Warfare or some of these other ones that would allow you to do that? So I switched to it just because they added the Pinterest description before Social Warfare had added to it. So I kind of switched over there and then switched to a very lean plugin for my social sharing, simply because I know that Pinterest is also starting to take into consideration site load time for their users and how quickly people bounce away from the website. And so it was just an audit that we did to ensure all plugins were not resource hogs, I guess. And that was just one of the switches that we made was that Tasty Pins was lean and the social sharing plugin that we had was lean as well. Okay, sounds good. How about the image itself? Would you prioritize putting the keyword in the image or would you try and make it a little more mysterious? I don't know how to better describe that, but it seems That's like... That's actually a good way. These are yeah. mind-blowing something, something. Like, you know, you, <laughs> oh, I better click on that. Well, I like which when you have this new website made our cars free. That's a fun one. That's a good one. So you don't have to put the keyword in the image. There's a few things here. So number one, you want to think about billboard advertisement. So you have a couple seconds to catch people's attention on the highway, right? And you know that billboard advertisers know that they got to write bold, make it clear, make it memorable. That's kind of the same principle here. Is that when people are going through the smart feed and they're just killing time, you want to have it be very bold, easy, easy, easy to read text. So what you have is great. It's very easy to read. You even have the pink in there. That's a great pop of color. Color is always good given the fact that most of Pinterest is white. So the eye needs to be drawn towards something. And then mysterious is a great way to put it. You want to have something kind of provocative, like five ways to be more effective every day. The other thing to consider too, especially you you have a lot of stock photos that you're using So an interesting aspect of Pinterest is they have visual search recognition. So if you click on a pin, what happens below is in the bottom right, you can see this little square. That allows me to hover over an image and then match it up to more images that match that. So what we want to do is we want to be thinking about what is Pinterest going to match with my image and does it match well with the topic that I'm talking about? So this one does. You have how I make 30 to 16 hour working from home and it's how to start a knife sharpening business. Below, you can see that it's matching up with work at home jobs, ways to earn more money. It's not so much matching the image, but it is matching some of the text. So that's something else to take into consideration is that Pinterest is, they're reading all of it basically and they want to match it up with what is the best match for it. So play around a little bit. I'll say that and look at what Pinterest is matching up your pins with. Is it matching up based on the image or based on the keyword? You do want it to be more keyword than image. But if you find that your image is, let's say with this one, it's a lemon and a knife. And then maybe below there's like a ton of lemons. Then you're kind of like, oh, it's missing the mark. It's not hitting the work at home. And yours is hitting the mark, which is good. But if you do find that some are not, you definitely want to switch it up. Okay. And I imagine that more pins like this could turn around and and help you if you can get your stuff to show up as suggested content on somebody else's pins. Yeah. Another great tip too is when you're writing them, and this is something that you can test out and your listeners can really do for themselves, is look at the main home feed on Pinterest. And on your phone, it's not on everybody's phone. I know on iOS this works. 
what you can do is you can do a double tap and it goes to this new board called Quick Saves That's Secret. What I like to do every once in a while is I go through and I double tap real quick on the first things that caught my eye. And then I go back through and I think about what is it that caught my eye? Is there anything I can incorporate into my images that might help other people catch their eye to catch my content? And that just gives you really good ideas. So I would say this is a great tip for somebody who doesn't know their style yet. Or maybe they're struggling with like, how do I create pin images? People tend to find them very frustrating, especially if they're not good at creating images. Do this first. Go through, double tap on them or save them to a secret board and then go back and see what did I like about it? What's the style that's emerging? The other thing you can take note of is there's what promoted pins and you can see promoted pins because at the very bottom underneath the image, you'll see a little arrow that's going up and to the right and then it says the business name. That's letting you know it's going to pop out to a totally new website and that it's a promoted pin. Take some notes from what these big advertisers are doing. A lot of them are adding small rectangles that look like buttons that might say, click here for more or take the quiz. It's a call to action that's subtle there, but it gets the user trained to, oh, I'm going to click on this to find out more. Because what you want to do is you want to take the user on Pinterest from just being a scroller to a clicker to engage on your website. So trying to use your image to get them to subtly do that without thinking about it is really a good tactic for getting them to your website. Okay, I was going to ask about that, including a call to action on the image itself, like download the free guide or start the quiz or schedule a consultation. I don't know what it would be, but you you can play around with different ones. Have you seen those working well for clients of yours? Yeah, we have actually. We've been doing a lot of work on promoted pins with some of our clients, but we've been also testing it out on some of the organic ones. And we see the ones with like Shop Now or those who have a really good, they've really dialed in their email and maybe they have a good email sequence with a freebie. You could say something like download your guide now or actually I'm looking through. There's one here that's actually not a promoted pin. It's make money as an amazon.com associate. And then the button is find out how. That's really great. Anything you can do that's going to get them to be intrigued. I love your word mysterious. I used to say clickbait, but that's not really what it is. It's more, it is more mysterious. Like, huh, how do, how do I really get them to want to take action? And there's so much competition on Pinterest that you do have to be a little bit a step ahead of everybody. And one of the things I forgot to say, image-wise, the best size is a two to three ratio. So 600 by 900 is a great size. You just don't want to go longer. Let's say if you're going to do 600 by 1260, you don't want to go longer than 1260 or your pins will not show up in search. Pinterest caught on to this super long pin stuff and they have really been changing that in their algorithm not to distribute them. So two to three is the best ratio. Okay, so it used to be you could have like this foot-long infographic or something like that, and it would just take up the whole screen. They didn't like that? Yes, like 600 by 3,000. Yes, exactly. Okay, I'm taking notes. I've got a lot of <laughs> homework for this call already. So that's kind of the the smart feed. Like as you're scrolling through, what catches your eye? What has your interest? How can you replicate that in your own content, on your own pins? 
Let's talk about Pinterest as a search engine, because this is the other element of it, optimizing for keyword search. You've given us the idea to kind of look at, type in some seed keywords and see what suggestions it is auto-populating for you as potential keywords to include. I imagine those are keywords it has seen its users typing in, so it might be some good ones to target. But anything else that we can do to really optimize Pinterest SEO? I feel like we've covered most of it here, but I would say paying attention to if you're going to search in that search bar. So let's say I did breadsticks easy. If you're on, it also comes up on your phone and on desktop. What pops up at the top is these guided search boxes. And those are more keywords that you can be using. If I do breadsticks easy, then I can click on garlic. Then it's going to take me to the next. There's no guided search box all of a sudden. So that tells me I'm kind of at the end of that keyword. So sometimes what you can do is follow these keywords as deep as they'll go to see where does it end? How long can this keyword go that I can use? And then try to incorporate that. And at the same time, if you have the same content that you're creating over and over, maybe it's the how to make money from home. Make sure that that's incorporated into all of your pins because that will start to tell Pinterest like, oh, this whole profile is about how to make money from home and different ways. And then you can start to rank higher. Again, there's no tool to show who's ranking the highest. It's really just spending some time on Pinterest, searching around, seeing, okay, who's ranking high for how to make money from home? How can I try to get into that arena? Yeah, edge my way up in those rankings in that algorithm. So for example, I'll going back to this breadsticks thing, breadsticks easy. So I have these little suggestion boxes underneath there, no yeast, Pillsbury, Olive Garden. I like that one. Cheesy. So if you click on those, you kind of go deeper down the rabbit hole like, oh yeah, actually I love those Olive Garden breadsticks. Let me see how to make those. So same thing. You could type in your keywords and either create content or incorporate those keywords into your existing content. Yes. And even when I just searched how to make money from home, the boxes that pop up for me are really interesting because they're like for teens, how to make money at home for teens, for kids, entrepreneur, how to make money from home with Pinterest or products on the internet. I mean, there's a lot of things that you can do. So play around on here. And this is also another good tip is that if you're just beginning to market on Pinterest, one of the things you should do is spend some time on Pinterest. See how the platform works. Get really familiar with how a user views the platform. Because sometimes we just come into these things with like our marketer brain on and we just want to cram our content down people's throats. But we just need to interact with the ecosystem, like what's happening. And that'll give you a ton of ideas down the line of how to market your content better because you understand the user. You mean it's going to take real work? <laughs> yes. <laughs> that was the benefit of the group boards and, and yeah. marketers ruin everything. Yes. Sorry. Sorry to be the bearer of bad news. That's okay. We're not afraid of it. It is side hustle nation. We're ready for it. <laughs> What's new on Pinterest? I've seen some videos start to pop up and we talked a little bit about the hashtags. What else do you see coming down the road here? Yeah, there's a lot. The video stuff is new. I will say just this year, you do have to have a business account if you want to upload a video to Pinterest. I would not recommend if you have a YouTube channel, do not upload it from YouTube, but upload it organically. And I have a guide with the specs on my website that I can send you so people can link to it. You can link to it. Does it need to be vertical video? Yeah, it'll be actually square and it's their native player, which for a long time... 
you had to upload a YouTube link or YouTube video because the only way you could get access to their native player was if you did a promoted pin and paid a bunch of money. But now you don't have to do that. You can have access to it as long as, and this may still be the case, that you have a valid credit card on file with your promoted pins. You don't have to run the promoted pin. You just have to have that there. I'm not totally sure why, but that's just what we figured out in the system. You can't upload a video unless you have this. But one of the cool things is you could create a specific board for all your videos. So if you had Side Hustle Nation videos or even more specifically tips for how to work from home videos or something like that, then you can upload all of them there. And you can even share that board with your audience. We are seeing videos show up in the home feed a little bit more, but videos on Pinterest have always felt a little bit like a speed bump. So it's felt very like unnatural to the user, but I think they're starting to become more and more used to it. And what you'll see in searches is that on your phone, not so much on desktop, but on your phone, what will happen is if you search something, the very top of your screen will be videos. So they are trying to incorporate it even more. So videos are all a part of your whole business. Definitely play around with uploading them to Pinterest and seeing how they perform. Another thing to test out, see how it does for you. (laughs) But don't tackle that until like way down the line. Don't prioritize that. Prioritize the keyword optimization and setting up your profile the right way. Yes. Once all that is set up, is that it? Or am I just pinning new content as I create it? Or is there something else to this where I need to be in there, either myself or an assistant or software pinning all the time? Yes. So one of the things that you have to do on Pinterest is be consistent. And this is straight from them. They want a minimum of five pins per day. And the goal is to be daily sharing fresh new content. So what that means is it doesn't necessarily have to be a new post every time, but they do like you to pin from your website instead of just repinning. So what I use is Tailwind. It's a scheduling tool that makes it really easy for me to sit down on Sunday. I can set my schedule to be five pins per day. And then I can go through my website and add the pins that I want to my scheduling queue And when it schedules out from Pinterest or from Tailwind onto Pinterest, it acts like a fresh pin, like it's something new entering the platform. You want to be sharing a mix of your new content. If you have any seasonal component to your particular content or products, you want to make sure that you're sharing those about 45 days before the actual holiday. So you and I recording this at the beginning of December, Christmas has pretty much run its course. And so if you're going to be talking about saving money, healthy eating, healthy lifestyle, that actually takes off December 26th. So you want to be thinking about the content that you're sharing based on the time frame of year. And then you want to share some of your old stuff that's getting traffic. And you would find that in Google Analytics to see what are Pinterest users clicking on, what's bringing them to my website. They find it valuable. I want to share more of that. So I want to make sure that that's going out one maybe two times per week. Okay, so you're going through your archive content and minimum five posts or podcast episodes from the Simple Pin Media Podcast archives and distributing that out amongst your existing boards. Yeah, so for us, I do a new podcast on Wednesday. We pin it to, this is also important, the most relevant board. So if this particular podcast is talking about Pinterest strategies, 
the very first board I want it to go to is Pinterest strategies. Because it's a new piece of content, I want Pinterest to know this is what it matches up with, Pinterest strategies. And then I might pin it to my Pinterest tips for blogger board on Thursday. And then on Friday, I might pin it to social media tips. And then if I do have a group board that I belong to, I might pin that on Friday. So in the beginning for that new stuff, I'm going to pin it every day until I have no more boards it can pin to. And then maybe in a couple of weeks, I'll loop back around to it. But within that, I have other content going out and I'm pinning some old stuff. My number one like pin from Pinterest that's brought all my traffic for almost three years is how to clean up Pinterest boards. All of my how-to content does amazingly well, gets a ton of traffic. So I try to make sure that a lot of what I'm pinning is around that how-to stuff. Okay. I can picture this getting really repetitive on some of my boards. Is there a way to combat that or does it not matter? It doesn't matter too much with the exception of making sure it's a good user experience. So making sure that it's not the same pin back to back to back. But if you pin the knife sharpening business one this week and then next week to the same board, but there's a couple other pins in between, the user is not primed to come to your board, look around and say, oh my gosh, he pinned this twice. I can see I'm out of here. The chances of them coming to a board and seeing those pins back to back are very, very, very low. You don't want to be too worried about it. It's more the way that I kind of think about it and describe to people, there's not this real like hard and fast rule of the separation of time or how many pins per day. It's really getting into the groove and seeing what it is you're pinning and what people are clicking on. And then sharing more of that, checking out your boards every once in a while to make sure they don't look spammy, and then continuing to share great content on Pinterest. And I think that just, there's a lot of people who are type A, so they will say, I need a system, I need a formula. And when it comes to Pinterest, it's really just about getting your content out daily and then kind of adjusting what your formula is for you and for your website. Okay, and it sounds like you have a planner or an opt-in to help us do just that, the 2019 Pinterest planner that you can find at simplepinmedia.com. Kate, I really appreciate you taking the time to school me in all the ways I'm screwing this up and (laughs) and hopefully we can turn things around because this really was a fantastic traffic source for a really long time and I'm convinced there are still people out there, Pinterest people out there who could benefit from my content and the content of listeners of this show. And I know that this episode will have an impact on that. So I really appreciate you joining me. Again, simplepinmedia.com. Grab that new 2019 Pinterest planner while you're there. Let's wrap this thing up with your number one tip for Side Hustle Nation. Number one tip is don't overthink it. Just really share your best on Pinterest and that is what succeeds over time. Sounds good. I've been taking notes this whole time and I promise not to, to overthink it. That's that's what I do. Come on. I love it. Thank you again so much and we'll catch up soon. All right. My top three takeaways from this call with Kate. Number one, keywords, 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 just like real estate, location, 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 but keywords, 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 your profile name and description, your board names and descriptions, your pin titles and descriptions, Those are all clues to the Pinterest algorithm, what your account and what your content is all about. The more closely they can match that to what users are looking for, 
I think the better off you're going to be. Take a look at the top performing accounts in your space. And I think you can see publicly the amount of impressions they're getting, not necessarily the traffic, but at least the volume of views they're getting on Pinterest and model or modify what they're doing. I've redone my boards and I'm checking the descriptions of top pins as well. That's takeaway number one, keywords, keywords, keywords. Takeaway number two is to make it pretty. Pinterest is a search engine, but it's a visual search engine. Your images and the text on your images play a huge role. Think bright, colorful pictures and fonts and make the type large enough that it can be read at thumbnail size. Remember, most of the traffic from Pinterest is mobile. As a personal example, this is definitely a weak point for me as I did most of my early Pinterest images myself. They didn't have consistent fonts or colors. And then when I started outsourcing those images, a lot of the outsourced images I got back were these like really dark pictures with microscopic font. They weren't good at all. So you have to realize that many Pinterest users take a lot of pride in curating not just helpful, but beautiful boards. So you need your images to, at the very least, not stink up the place. Lately, I'm actually still making most of the Pinterest images myself, but at least I've got some consistent fonts and colors that I'm happy with. <laughs> I source most of the images, if you're curious, from a site called pexels.com, P-E-X-E-L-S, and then I use PicMonkey to add the text. So that's takeaway number two, make it pretty. And obviously, I've still got a ways to go on the design front. That's takeaway number two. Takeaway number three is to give people a reason to click. If the goal is traffic... And I think that's a perfectly valid goal. Give people a reason to click. We talked about including an element of mystery or intrigue in your images. And I feel there's a line to toe between click-worthy and click-baity. But take a look at the top pins for the keywords you want to rank for, right? What elements are they including on their images? Which ones make you want to click to learn more? So I've started to test including text like free download, or free guide, or check out my review and demo to see if that improves traffic. But don't overpromise. I think we've all been burned by clicking on something sensational, unbelievable, or shocking, and it turned out to be none of those things. So give people a reason to click, but do it responsibly because if too many users on Pinterest click on stuff that doesn't deliver, that's bad news for everybody. That's takeaway number three. Give people a reason to click Once again, if you visit sidehustlenation.com slash Kate, you'll find links to all the resources mentioned and you'll be able to download a free PDF highlight reel with all of Kate's top tips from this episode. That's it for me. Thank you so much for tuning in. Until next time, let's go out there and make something happen and I'll catch you in the next edition of the Side Hustle Show where you'll meet the guy who started his podcast from his car on his commute to work and now reaches a couple hundred thousand listeners a day. I'll see you then. Hustle on.